Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. Well, last time uh, we looked at Mark chapter 14, we remember that Jesus was uh, with his disciples. They were uh, sharing together the Last Supper. Jesus had broken the bread with them and passed it around. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Then he passed the cup after that and said, this is the covenant of the New Testament, my blood, which is shed for you. And we all know, and we've talked about this before, we all know the cup, the blood was that representative of of a new covenant that not through the, um, you might say the, the blood of animals, goats, bulls and all that our sins would be forgiven. But the new covenant was that Jesus's own blood, God's own son's blood would cover our sins. And the Bible says in Psalms that God chooses to remember our sins no more and separates our sins as far as the East is from the West. Now this comes because of a direct result of Jesus' blood on the cross for us. Now the bread, on the other hand, Peter says, by his stripes we are healed. And we talked about this, and we talk about this every time that we're together when we have communion. The significance of that is that we're triune beings. We are created in the image of God. If you go back to the book of Genesis... They said, let us create man in our image. And so just as there's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so you as well. You're a body, you're a mind, and you're a spirit. And we know the the troubles that we get into when those three do not align. The, The Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And you can never see that. I mean... I know for some of you, just to get here today uh, was a very, your spirit was willing, but you opened the door, looked outside, saw the snow, saw 15 degrees, nah, let's just stay right here. Oftentimes we'll find ourselves caught up in habits, for instance. Habits that we know, our mind will say, if you continue to do this, you're going to die. And you know what? We say, I know, but I'm going to do it anyway. This is where you might say we have a dysfunctional inner self-being. Our brain says, stop, you don't really need that extra Twinkie, but oh no, I've got to have it. And have you ever done this where you go to the smorgasbord again, and your brain says, the, the red light is on, stop, or you're going to start over. And it's like the little thing on the turkey that pops up and says, you're full, stop now. But we go through the line again. We don't always do what we know we're supposed to do. This is the problem, friends, that we find in a a lifestyle that unless we continually bring it to the Lord and surrender our will to Him, we find ourselves doing things we don't want to do. And so the Bible says, Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. He broke it. He passed it around to His disciples. And I realized that being a triune being, a body, mind, and a spirit, I, I, at different times in my life, need different things on a daily basis healed. And so, Paul tells the Corinthian church, 
When they would eat of the cup in unworthy fashion, and that unworthiness wasn't the people that were eating of the cup. The unworthiness was that you didn't discern the reason that Christ's body was broken for you. He says, for this reason, many are sick and dead among you. Because the medicinal purpose of Jesus' body being broken was not, you might say, honored. And so therefore, the people remained in their sinful condition, their dying condition. He said, this reason, many are sick and dead among you. So Jesus now breaks the bread with his disciples, passes the cup around. Notice we find in verse 26, And when they had sung a hymn, They went out to the Mount of Olives. Friends, this verse is very unique in the Jewish mindset. Because after communion was done, they sang a hymn. Probably Psalms, um, oh, probably Psalms, uh, probably 113, maybe 118. This is a common psalm that would be sang. And what's also very interesting here, that's pretty normal in the Hebrew mindset. They would have Passover. And this is what this is all about. And it was celebrating... Really, that time in which God divinely delivered the children of Israel from the oppressive slavery hand of Pharaoh in Egypt. And we remember that that, um, uh, they had cried out for years for a deliverer. God sent them Moses. They failed to recognize him the first time. So Moses hightailed it out, hid on the backside of the wilderness for 40 years. God, through the burning bush, sent him back. He went to Pharaoh, said, let my people go. We know the story, the, 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 the plagues, the ten plagues that came until finally the last plague, the tenth plague. God sent the death angel through the land. Now the idea was, and God expressed to Moses and Aaron, that what was needed to be done is you take a lamb on the 14th day of the month. This is found in Exodus 12.6, by the way, if you like to know this. You might want to write this down because you're going to find something very amazing about Exodus 12.6. On the 14th day of the month. Now, according to Hebrews, their day did not begin like the rest of the world's did. Our day begins at midnight and goes to the next midnight. That's one day. But that's not the way the Hebrews saw things. Their midnight, you, you might say, when their day began was sundown. That began the next day. But for the rest of the world, it was the day before. You follow me so far? So where you might say they celebrated the killing of the lamb on the 14th of the day of the month. The rest of the world saw that as the 13th day of the month. Guess which day the death angel passed through the land of Egypt? Tells us. Friday the 13th. And now you know the rest of the story. (laughs) I think it's really amazing to me that people are always scared of Friday the 13th. That was the day of the children of Israel's deliverance. And yet the world goes, oh, Friday the 13th. You better believe it if you're one of the followers of Pharaoh. But for the children of God, that was the day of their freedom. But you see, again, the Hebrew day began, their 14th began at sundown on the 13th. Now, what's so amazing here is that when it says, and they had sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, this is something very unusual because, see, the whole idea was they would kill the lamb. They, would, they had the, the Passover feast. They would then put the blood on the lintel and the doorpost, and they stayed inside their house under the blood Lest if they went outside, they would not be under the blood and the death angel would kill them. 
And so by Jesus going out of the place after the Passover meal, nobody was out wandering the streets on the Passover meal because they stayed inside. That was part of the, you might say, the remembrance of Passover. And so they stayed inside. And, but because Jesus was the Paschal Lamb to take away the sins of the world, they didn't stay inside. And as a matter of fact, we find here they went out, sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. This is found in Zechariah 13.7. And this is a statement saying, When the shepherd is struck, because the leader is gone, the sheep will scatter. But then Jesus goes on and says this, But after I have been raised, I will go before you, To Galilee. Now, this is very specific because Jesus says exactly where he's going to go after he's raised. He says, you'll see me there in the Galilee. And by the way, that's where he caught up with a good percentage of his disciples as well. But Peter said to him, and I think this is interesting. Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Don't you love Peter? Don't you see a lot of yourself in Peter? I'll save you now. You know, I mean, I mean, that's kind of the way we are. We, we have a, a bigger concept of ourselves than what's really real. Um, we have good intention. But oftentimes we fall short on delivering what we say we're going to do. Now, I think this is amazing here because Jesus understands our frame. What I mean by that is Jesus understands what, we're, what our composite is, what, what we're made of. The Bible says we're made from the, the dust of the earth. Now, now, I don't know how much you expect out of dirt. But thank the Lord, he doesn't expect too much. That's why the Bible says it isn't that you chose God, God chose you. I think that's pretty good. Spurgeon said it like this one time. He said, he said it's a good thing God chose us before the foundations of the world because he would never choose us now. I, I think that that's sometimes based upon our own vision or our own viewpoint of ourself. Because we see our own failures. And God doesn't see us in our failures. He sees us in the light of the blood of Christ. And I, I think that's always something to remember. That always keep yourself clothed with the righteousness of Christ. You know, the Bible says that we put on Christ. That word there is the same word that you would use to put on a coat. And most of us understand that concept today. Well, but you put on a coat to keep warm. You put on Christ to stay righteous. It's not something that we generate within ourselves. It's something that God allows to happen. And as he wraps his forgiveness and love around us, friends, that protects us from the sins and the, and the problems that we find exterior to our lives. We, we all, there's not one of us in this room today that are probably going to get through this day without some type of, of, of challenge from the underworld to depart from your faith. And oftentimes we think we're stronger than we are and we think that we can do this in ourselves. Friends, we've talked about this before. There is nothing, nothing in one of us, in any of us, that wants to serve God apart from Christ being in us. The Bible said it's not within man to live righteously. And do you know what that means? It's not within man to live righteously. Now, a lot of times we have a hard time grasping that because we think we're really good. But you know what? We're we're really not. 
And I think when we're really honest for a minute and we really examine ourselves, you know, when you see great men fall, all I can say just tells you that they're men. There's something really amazing to me what oftentimes people think. Don't you think I put my shoes on just like you do? Don't you think we all have to do certain things? Listen, there's none righteous, no, not one, apart from Christ. Well, we're all supposed to be examples. Let me tell you something. The day any man becomes the example is the day we're lost. That's what a cult is. Oh, we follow our leader. Well, let me tell you, any man, no matter what you think, sins. Oh, really? Yes, really. Now, I know this might come to a shock to some of you. But I am capable of saying the exact same nasty words that you can say. I am capable of thinking the very same nasty thoughts that you can think. And it's only by the grace of God any of us make it. But you know, there's a problem a lot of times. People think that, well, this person, because they've been a Christian such a long time, they don't sin anymore. They became sanctified. Now, there's some different churches around that believe in that. That, Well, you know, you kind of have your Christian experience. You have your training wheels on. And then one day, some angel pops along, bends your training wheels up. Some of us remember that when we were kids. And now you don't sin anymore. Let me tell you something. That's not true. In fact, as you study the scripture, some of the things that I find most amazing to me is some of the people that I find in the scripture that walked with the Lord the longest times ends up doing the stupidest things. Enter David. Man after God's own heart. Wrote much of the Psalms. A person that was inspired tremendously and guided and protected Even though he had many enemies to destroy his life, including Saul and others, he was divinely protected. Remember, Goliath wanted to kill him too. So he was getting it from both sides of the fence. And what was so amazing is that God divinely protected him. And David oftentimes would write about this. But David is also the one who was filled with lust, got a girl pregnant, killed her husband, in a, set up a, did a setup in the, in the battle to have her husband killed. And yet in all that, something amazing to me, God forgave him. You're saying, where were you going with all of this? Notice, Peter said to him, verse 29 again, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. I'll save you. He didn't know himself. Friends, I am so amazed how much of us we don't know. And have you ever said, I'm never going to do that, and we find ourselves doing that? Doesn't that tell you something? Doesn't that tell you something about how boasting, and this is what Proverbs talks about, how how those that boast, we, we boast to our own demise? And if there's any boasting Paul says that we'd ever do, we do in the Lord because he's the only one that allows us to say and do what we promise we're going to do. And Peter said, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you. Now, assuredly means you can bet on this. He said, assuredly, I say to you, 
that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny you know me three times. Now, now, friends, this is, this is very significant because here it records the cock crowed twice, not just once, as we find in some of the other Gospels. And what's significant about that is this. Have you ever been convicted? Well, if you're a Christian, I know you have. And something else that I found, have you ever noticed in the conviction of God working in our life? Now, if you're not a Christian here today, you're going, say what? Well, you'll figure it out. But if you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. Where God will say, uh-uh-uh. Oh, God, I'm going to go to the party now. It'll be just fine. God goes, uh-uh-uh. Oh, that's right. I'm going to go anyway. It'll be all right. I'll witness to somebody. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh-uh-uh. Have you ever, am I the only one that this happens to? Not that I go around going to parties, but I'm just saying. Whatever it might be. I I believe the first cock crow, when Peter was in the process of denying the Lord, you would think, hey, you know, it's funny, I've already denied the Lord once or twice here, and I just heard a cock crow. What was that, just a couple hours ago, Jesus said something about a cock crow, me denying him. But by the cock crows twice, Jesus said, you'll deny you know me three times. How much, friends, we don't know who we are. Now this ought to terrify each one of us. To not know who we are. Have you ever said, I would never get into drugs. I'd never go get drunk. I'd never become an alcoholic. And you find yourself at the end of a needle or some other behavior that you know is destructive to yourself. And you go, gosh, God, how'd I get like this? What happened here? We don't know us. Friends, the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things. He said, who can know it? Now he's saying, who can really know what you're like inside? Friends, we see this. Have you ever thought about your thought patterns sometimes? Man, I think about mine, I go, whoa. Thank God for God's grace. Mercy. But you know, when we look at this, we realize something. We think we're bigger than we are. You know, we believe our own newspaper clippings, you might say. We, we begin to think of that um, um, we're a legend in our own mind. And so he says, Assuredly, I say to you, listen, this is the way it is. That today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny you know me three times. Verse 31. But Peter spoke more vehemently, and he said, If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said, Yeah, that count me in two. Count me in two. Count me in two. Do you, do you see this, how this is? Do you, do you relate with any of this here? Have you ever seen yourself saying, I'll never do something... And then you find yourself doing, I'm not going to gossip anymore. And then we find ourselves gossiping. Or, well, I'm not going to steal anymore. And then we, okay, they won't miss it. Uh, You know, and we go through this kind of self-justification thing, friends. We don't know us. Now, now what's so amazing to me, friends, is this. You want to know about the love of God. This talks about it. Jesus, when I've been raised in the Galilee, let's go back to verse 28. I'll go before you in the Galilee. Peter said unto him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. And Jesus said, Peter, you're the biggest flake in the world. Get out of here. (laughs) Jesus knew everything. Jesus knew Peter would deny him. And Jesus still kept Peter 
on his team. Friends, that, that tells me a lot about the love of God. Knowing that Peter would fail, knowing that you and me in our lives will fail in our commitment to Christ, and yet at the same time, God says, nevertheless, Peter, nevertheless, I still love you. Friends, that tells me a lot about the love of God. See, in the midst of all the things that we go through, you know one of the things that people are looking for more than anything? They're looking for love. And love that is not conditional. See, conditional love is, is what has is, is been fronted in our society today. The word love is such a cheap word because love, I love you. But love is really saying, I love you because of what I'm going to get out of you. But unconditional love that comes from God says, I love you, period. And friends, that's what the world needs. That's what you need. I always thought it was weird, the conditional love that we learned about in the 60s. The Beatles said, all you need is love, and then they broke up. What kind of love is that? Well, think about it a minute. We need love. We need to be accepted, and you need to be affirmed, and you need to be, be um, a purpose for your life. You know, there's three things that we need in our lives. A reason to live for, a self we can live with, and a faith that we can live by. A reason to live for. If you don't have a reason, the Bible says where, the, where there's no vision, the people perish. A reason to live. What is your reason to live? Now, this is something that if you're not a Christian, I, I've had a little bit of talk to us, the brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now, now, this may be for you that maybe you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian here today, my question to you would be, why do you live? What lights your fire? Why do you get up in the morning? Oh, to make the big bucks. Okay. And then have you ever driven past the cemetery? Ooh, you can get a bigger tombstone than the guy next to you. Oh, I'm impressed. Then you need a self you can live with. A self you can live with. Man, that, that's hard. Because you've you got you to have some satisfaction in your soul. Otherwise, you're always trying to plug something into your life to give your life meaning and definition. This is what we talk about when we come to Christ. When we say, have you repented and came to Christ? People go, uh, what does that mean? Stop doing all the things I like to do and start doing all the things I hate to do? That's not what repentance is. Repentance is where we cease to define life our way. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time for more It's Time. It's time.